get ready to take your branding to the next level. This is Million Dollar Branders. We know what it takes to build million dollar brands because we live it and breathe it. And now we're sharing our tips and success secrets with you. Here's your host, Justine Pogroski. Okay, so David, thank you so much for coming on the Million Dollar Branders podcast. It's such an honor to have you. And I know you are so renowned in branding. You're ranked number three in the world for branding by Clout. You've been the recipient of Presidential Ambassador for Global Entrepreneurship Medallion. And you've also been featured in Adweek, Forbes, Inc., Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, Business Insider. Oh my gosh, the list goes on. And literally, I mean, you're just a driving force in branding. So what I wanted to know was, you know, you've got this quote, if you don't give the market the story to talk about, they'll define the brand story for you. So in one minute, what is a million dollar brand to you, David? Well, it is a brand that bypasses the silly feature feature set of things and actually connects with me on a more fundamental level that connects with my values. It's like, it's like, a, it's very big, but it's very intimate. That's the thing. It's very big. So like, you know, like when I say big, it's like, okay, take something like just do it. Right. Or think different. Those are big, but they're intimate. Right. They've cut, they've cut through all of the, Oh, well, you know, we use this material or we use this, we use that, blah, 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 blah. And they just gets to that thing that just, it's kind of like just cuts like a knife right here. Bang. And gets to me. That to me is a million dollar brand. Love it, David. You're so awesome. And I mean, you speak a lot about daring to say no when it comes to branding. And I love this because it's quite controversial. So can you elaborate on this a bit? No, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, well, the bottom line is, is the greatest anything the greatest leader in any position athlete actor artist creator writer uh, speaker entrepreneur is very very discerning right that means they go yeah i understand but no i get that and no that's really cool not for us so that we, it's, it's like the great chef. Does the great chef take any food that comes in off the truck? No, they go through. They hand select the truffles. They hand select the, the meats. They hand select, you know, it's like, what do they say no to? 90% of what's on the, what's on the truck. They only take the 10% that meets their standard. Same thing in business. Absolutely love it. Damn, that's awesome. So there's no real short shortcut to success. And, you know, like if I want to ask you this question, right? So if you had 24 hours to monetize your brand, 24 hours only, what advice can you give to our audience on creating their million dollar brand and monetizing it fast? You only got 24 hours. What would you say? I would 
lineup meeting after meeting after meeting with, I mean, I would just have a lot of, a lot of meetings and I would basically say, look, and I would be as transparent as possible because who has the urgency? The person I'm sitting with? No, me, I do. So I need to be like as transparent as possible. I need to say, here's the deal. I have a scenario and you know, I, I have to explain it in such a way that was not just self-serving. It's not, it's not an all about me, but it's like, here's the opportunity that I'd like to present to you. And it's, and, and here's, you know, here's why there's a bit of compressed time. And it's like, and this is the, and this is what I need to have happen. Does this, you know, does this connect with you? And does this mean, mean something to you? It becomes a numbers game. If you have that kind of thing of like, holy shit, how do I, how do I turn the next 24 hours into an actual profitable venture? Um, you need to basically get, you need to be able to have the hustle without the desperation. That's the, that's the biggest challenge. You know, how the hell do you do the hustle without the desperation by being so absurdly transparent? Say, here's the deal. Da, 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 da. And, and show up from a power position. You have to frame it right. You can't for show. I've got a situation that I need to do this. I, I need to generate revenue. I no, you lost. You have lost. Maybe you'll get a little few shingles, but who gives a shit, right? This needs to be, here's the deal. There's an opportunity here. It probably is ridiculously insane for me, but it could be an incredible opportunity for you. And here's why. So you need to frame it. You need to be like the master of framing right there. That is to me, your biggest challenge and your biggest opportunity. I love it. And you definitely are the master of framing. David, what was the most challenging campaign you've ever worked on and why? I'd say it was probably, I had to, uh, there was a company that came to me. They were an ice company. Selling ice. I had to brand frozen water. <laughs> and I was like, there you go. And frozen water. It's like, isn't all water. And I mean, what's the antithesis of branding? This is branding is cliches and, and, and a sea of sameness, right? Things are just the same as one another. So, you know, so I basically had to look at it and go, okay, I have to differentiate this. How do I differentiate it? It's like, so is there anything unique about your water? I'm sitting with the CEO. Is there anything unique about, is there, is there anything about your ice? Like this, like that. Well, we heard because of the, you know, because of the way our stuff is shaped and the size, it may cool drinks faster. I said, really? I said, can you get that in front of an, an independent lab and actually get it verified, whether that's true or not? He does, he goes, and he does that. Comes back to me about a week and a half later. Yeah, we got the results. I said, and? He goes, our ice actually cools drinks. They, they actually cool drinks 33% faster. Wow. And it was because of the surface. There was more surface because of the shape of the ice. And I said, cool. So because of the shape of the ice, we called it ice rounds. Cools 33% faster than traditional ice. Stop waiting for your drinks to get cold. So the moral of the story. So. Wow. Yeah. Branding ice. Selling ice to Eskimos. Love it. Love it. And. Yeah. 
David, as a businessman and entrepreneur, I mean, you've worked with some amazing brands, global campaigns. What do you wish you had known when you first started out? That a negotiation had two sides. I, I probably like, I would say, a very high percentage of those graduating from design school, they were taught their craft. They weren't, they didn't know how to negotiate. They weren't necessarily entrepreneurial. They may have had some hustle. They may have had some ability to maybe schmooze, but they didn't actually really know how to negotiate. Like I go into a negotiation and one, I'm always willing to walk away. That's a strength that, that, that you only learn over years. Um, it's not something you're taught, be ready to walk away. When the hell was anyone ever told that? It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, so are you willing and ready to walk away? That's a power. That's one thing. The other thing is, is you're doing it for the greatest possible outcome. That doesn't mean, but what we're taught is get, you know, get the job, get hired, you know, get the account, whatever. It's a very different deal. What's, how do I, if I have the goal to actually navigate this discussion so that you end up bigger, I end up bigger and everyone ends up winning more. Where the hell was that skill ever taught? Hmm. So these layers of, of maturity, these layers of being able to look at it, look at both sides. So that everyone comes out bigger and better. The notion that a great negotiator, a great closer will just hammer the deal through and the other person will just melt into a puddle of just subservience. Oh yes. Wow. I you know, uh, blah, blah. Why are, what? that's bullshit. That is utter bullshit. And anybody that thinks that it's like you, you were taught you were, that was, that was the fiction portion of business school. Okay. That was not the fact portion. Uh, so that, that's the stuff that I wish that I, had learned because it has as much to do with understanding people, understanding the dynamics of give and take, understanding the ability to ask a question and shut the hell up and let the other person answer. You know? I mean, just these little, you start putting those together. All of a sudden you, you have a person who can control a room. hundred percent true power. That's incredible. Thank you so much. And he said in a quote, now is the time to see things that other people are overlooking, which I just thought was brilliant. And on that note, how important is branding and imagination right now? And should people invest in it? Well, the bottom line is, is to me, you, you use the word imagination. I use the word ingenuity, right? Which is imagination, I think is a, good, is a great word. But I think ingenuity is a more of an action. Like it has more of like, to me, it's very, it's a very active word. It's like imagination is like, Oh, I can just imagine I could sort of close my eyes. I can lay in the grass and I, I can dream of, of unicorns or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like imagination is fine, but an ingenuity is like, okay, we have been faced with a set of things that maybe at a glance, don't belong together. Or we have a set of circumstances that, that seemingly, that seemingly do not actually go together. Um, 
can't go together, would not even be considered possible. Um, that to me is ingenuity. And that's where, that's the brilliance. That's where you go. That's why, you know, the innovations that Steve Jobs and Apple were able to achieve, that was ingenuity. Yes, there was imagination, but there was ingenuity. You know, Pixar had a lot of imagination, but also had ingenuity to make possible to put into action their imagination. So to me, ingenuity is, is the imagination is the vehicle. Ingenuity is the fuel that goes in that vehicle that allows that sucker to go from zero to 60, like right now. So it's vitally important. If you do not have ingenuity, you're taking orders from life. If you do not have ingenuity, you are taking, okay, those are the set of circumstances and they can, and they cannot change bullshit. They showed up to be changed. Nothing is ordinary unless we fail to show up. It only becomes or extraordinary by us showing up. And so to me, the, the factor of ingenuity, it is not an option. It doesn't fall into the optional column. It is in the necessity column of like, what, what's the stuff I've got to have to get my job done? Ingenuity absolutely belongs in that. That is one of your core tools as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a, as a brand, as a visionary, as someone who's going to disrupt what's there. Because if we're not coming in and disrupting some status quo aspect of things, what the hell are we doing? Absolutely. Brilliant. And I love that because I was just about to ask you from David Breyer himself, what's next in branding? And in your mind, what are the qualities of leading brands of the future and what will they need to possess? So I guess ingenuity is one of them. Is there anything else? What's next? Uh, well, well, to me, what's, what, what's next? What's next is not a new device. What's next is not a new app. What's next is not a new thing because those are crutches to me. They are tools if we consistently recognize ourselves as being in the driver's seat. Those, you know, I remember, I remember when someone, like I just, before we started this, I, I gave you a little tour of art that's hanging on the walls that I've done. I remember someone who saw my work when I moved from painting and and drawing with pencil to actually now doing it on my computer. The only difference for me is I was just using a different tool. It wasn't, it wasn't doing anything for me. I was bringing, I was helping. It was happening because I was bringing the talent there. <clears throat> so the thing is, is I remember when someone first saw my computer art, as they called it, computer art, which is a weird term, but the thing is, as I said, they said, they said, what, what, uh, what the programs do you use? And I looked at them with a little bit of disbelief. It was like, like, like now the programs were important because if they knew the programs now, I could see where they, where their head was. If they knew the programs, now they could actually, you know, start to do their own version of what they're actually looking at. And I said, you know, the program is actually irrelevant. I said, the microphone didn't make the Beatles sound good. The Beatles made the microphone sound good. Love it. And that was the thing that I said to this person. And I said, so the programs, I could tell you what programs I use. I said, and I even took it one step further. 
I grabbed a pencil that was nearby. And I said, as far as I'm concerned, the pencil, that was the first computer. Here, draw something. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> I love it. So charming. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I'm going to ask you something a little bit controversial. And I love how you've got this, this view, like you, you're very strong in your views because I think that's what really makes someone great and, you know, really gets great branding done. So what is your pet hate when it comes to branding and do not for our viewers or listeners? The second part of the question, you lost me. What's the thing that I hate? And what was the last part? And what? I'm going to do not. So if you're going to brand your company, what are the things you just do not do or things that you, uh, have that you are just like, I hate this. Like, I don't even want to look at it, like get it out of my face. <laughs> well, times Roman Helvetica <laughs> comic sans. Okay. So like, if we want to get real specific, uh, papyrus, of course, these are fonts for those that are like, huh, what's he talking about? These, these are fonts, look them up times Roman and Helvetica for those that, and for those that don't know Helvetica, you may know it as Arial, And that tells me that you're on a freaking Microsoft PC. Okay. Bottom line is, is Arial was never a font. That was someone's licensing deal of another font, which started out as Helvetica. And then they decided to do someone did their variation of it. Um, Comic Sans, total joke. Papyrus, ridiculous. Um, those are some little designer, insider designer, like ugh, cringe uh, things. Um, I hate lazy. I hate lazy. And I don't mean someone who doesn't have energy. I mean, someone who is lazy in their observation, hmm. who's lazy in their extrapolating from what they've observed, who's lazy in their curiosity. Don't show up as an entrepreneur. Don't show up as a brander. Don't show up as a creator or someone who's supposed to be ingenious or lead others and inspire others and be lazy. You can't go on autopilot. Autopilot is another version of being lazy. It's like, oh, okay. We, we, hey, I'm great, man. I, I'm just going to kind of coast on my greatness. Bullshit. Look, I challenge my, I challenge my supposed greatness every freaking 30 seconds. It's like, it, I, you know, I look at something. Is that as good as it could be? Good. Is that as good as it could be? Can it be better? Can it be better? Will that move the dial? Will that rise above the noise? It's already out there. And that is like my, that, like on a moment to moment to moment to moment basis. And anytime that anybody is saying that they're doing branding and they're like, and they're lazy in look and even looking, how could you be lazy in curiosity that you were not curious enough? I'll give you a, give you a prime example. There was actually someone for working for a client of ours who was responsible for a web for a website, and I said, "You know what?" I said, "I I want to know the 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 I want to know the ten, fifteen, or whatever words keywords that we that we know that people are searching for that we want to drive people to. Get me the keywords." Five days later, I get an email. Here are the 6,000 to 7,000 keywords. And I, and my response was, 
if your goal was to kill me, this email may have just done that. I said, <laughs> you have to, you have to freaking be kidding me. Six to 7,000 words. This is the most useless list. And I'm going to tell you what I told you in the beginning. I'm looking for five to 15, maybe 20. Okay. What are the words and terms that people are looking for? Six to 7,000. If I wanted the dictionary, I would have just gone and bought one. Okay. I didn't need you to send me this freaking spreadsheet. So that's, there's, there's David Breyer when he's in hating something stupid because the person was lazy enough. That's their example of a work product. That basically is, is that you, you might as well have created a banner that says, I really don't value your time and I really don't value my career. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. There's, there's an example of, of things that I hate. <laughs> That's so, it's amazing. Actually, it's amazing advice, how you challenge yourself every single day to be better. That is true greatness right there. So, I mean, I've asked you a lot of questions, but is there anything I should have asked that you really have a burning desire to share? I would say, I mean, first of all, I think your questions were great. And I would, the only thing I would compliment it with would be, we all can do so much more than we're doing. I don't mean that and that is not a slam on what we're doing, but there's so much more that we can be doing so much more remarkableness we could be doing so much. There's so much more extraordinariness that we could be injecting into everyday things, everyday activities, everyday interactions, everyday nuances, the details, the choices, the choices of paper and design and touch and tactile and sound and beauty and aesthetics and all of those things. And this has kind of just become my passion. Don't underestimate yourself. If you, if you think that that's all you can do, I invite you to look more. You can do more. And it's not a slam on what you've done. It's not ignoring how much more you can do. And, and I do that because I, I know in, in my heart, I know from my experience, People are capable of a hell of a lot more than they actually have done. And that to me is the biggest crime is to let them get away with. Just imagine people on their debt. Imagine this, not, 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 this is not to be somber, but imagine someone on their deathbed finding out that they actually did all they could truly do to a magnificent level. And then, to, then, then, that, then that having right next to them, another person on their deathbed being told, oh, 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 that's what you did. That, that was really good. By the way, you were, you could have done five times as much of that in quality and quantity. Mm -hmm. That person go, you're telling me this now? That's what I look at. So I look at that. It's like, I want people when I want people to be used up. I want them to be like, 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 you know, when you've used a rag and you've like squeezed every little bit out of it, it's like, I've used that freaking rag <laughs> to its fullest possibility. I think that people have incredible potential. I know they do. And I want them to be used up and be like, oh, 
man, I gave it my all and others felt it, it better the way things were. And that to me is the stuff that gets me excited. Such an honor and a privilege. I just think you are so brilliant and wonderful. And the list goes on and on and on. And I could talk to you all day. And you've just written a brilliant book. And I want to know how can people find you and stalk you and use you to like, you know, like squish their rags so they've done every single thing they can do. So they're not one of those people we just spoke about, David. Yeah. Well, I mean, so brand intervention is the book you're referring to. Um, it's, I mean, people, it's people around the world who just keep on getting it, keep on getting it and keep on sharing with me the incredible breakthroughs that they have when with it. And it's cause that is, that is when I wrote it, it is 35 years of, of it's on the ground, like the, the stuff, the exact points, nothing extraneous, nothing fluffy, nothing, no, nothing that you don't need. Um, it's the stuff and the way it's designed, the way it's written and everything like that. It's just really straight in your face. If you don't know me or you haven't connected up, certainly you're invited to go to rising above the noise.com R I S I N G rising above the noise.com. You can subscribe to the, to that. There's a free ebook you can download. And certainly you can hook up with me on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, Check me out. I, I, I show up on Clubhouse here and there, and just and and uh, you know drop some gold nuggets to just uh, you know just make make things a little bit better for people. Always dropping those nuggets. <laughs> Thank you so much, David. It was such a great experience having you on the show, and I'm sure we will see more of you. And we're very excited. Absolutely, totally, my pleasure. Thanks so much. <laughs>